0: You're listening to Inside the Boardroom from OnBoard, the podcast dedicated to revealing how the best boardrooms excel at governance and how board directors, executives, and professionals can improve their effectiveness. Um, Welcome to a very
1: special introductory episode of Inside the Boardroom presented by OnBoard. I am your host, Josh Palmer, head of content at OnBoard. Uh, Very happy to introduce today's guests for our episode one of season one of Inside the Boardroom. Uh, first of all, my co-host Adam Wire, content marketing manager and podcast aficionado at Onboard. Adam, how's it going? Going great. Glad to be here. Awesome, cool, and uh, very, very happy to introduce today's special guest. It's Rob Kunzler. He's the chief
2: marketing officer of Onboard. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing great. Is is it is it okay to say that I'm I feel a little nervous in a way? I yeah. to be here. We're, we're, we're doing. Is this, it. is this your first podcast appearance, Rob? Uh, yeah, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah.
0: <laughs> love it,
2: love it. Great. Well,
1: today's show is all about just you know the the reason for being for the uh, Inside the Border Room podcast by uh, presented by Onboard. Uh, Rob, we're really happy you, you joined us here today, and uh, even more so happy that you gave us the green light to to do a podcast in the first place. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so Adam, I, I was hoping maybe you could explain uh, a couple of the reasons why we why, why we chose to do a podcast, and and maybe some just some some tips or some feedback that we've gotten from our audiences in in some of these um, sessions before.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Josh. So uh, thank you for having me again. We have a great content repository, for lack of a better term, here at Onboard. Uh, we have uh, a multitude of blogs. We publish nearly two hundred of those a year, and those are a great resource. Uh, you can find those on our website at onboardmeetings.com slash blogs. The webinars, uh, the Atlas Leadership Series webinars, we started those, I want to say, about two years ago, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. And those have been a great resource for folks. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on those. We have case studies. Uh, for those not familiar, we will interview users of Onboard, and they will talk about their experiences with the product. And those can be useful for someone contemplating board management software, just to see how it has worked for other folks and how it might be beneficial for them. But then getting back to the podcast itself, this just seemed to be the one untapped resource that uh, that we haven't frankly used yet here at OnBoard in order to educate folks on thought leadership Uh, the best way to use board management software why you should be using board software and then just best practices in general i think josh you hinted at this earlier we did a online poll about a year ago asking folks what is your preferred learning tool and at that time webinars were the number one vote but then podcasts were a very close second so it just made sense at that time hey this is what this is what people who are already consuming our product in some form or fashion are using. Why don't we explore this ourselves? Uh, We did, uh, we did another poll a couple of months ago, asking people the same question and podcast actually came out number one on that one. So uh, the, you know, the trend continues more and more toward podcasts. We know podcasts are just becoming a bigger part of the media landscape. Uh, You know, we hear jokes about that. Everybody has one. Oh, why don't you do a podcast kind of sarcastically, but you know, I really feel like it's going to be something that uh, a lot of people that frankly aren't interested in, you know, reading long form blogs or attending webinars that have a specific time and date that you have to be there. Uh, You you can listen to this podcast anytime. You can listen while driving your car, which a lot of folks do. So we're hoping that uh, listeners to Inside the Boardroom will be able to take advantage of that and uh, just have another way to, to learn. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I
1: always think it's really interesting that it started with a, a social media post. Um, uh, mm-hmm. We found that that little bit of learning. I will add that uh, people often say that Adam, you definitely have a voice for radio, and, and people have told me before. <laughs> Never that heard that a face for radio. So maybe that's another. Yeah, I guess another. that makes
2: two of us, Josh. I'll share the, the face for radio.
1: Yeah, Rob, uh, just to, to widen the, the aperture a little bit, uh, I was hoping you could uh, share with the audience maybe just some of the things that we think about as an organization, and especially you as an executive leader within the organization, you know, why thought leadership matters, why having a point of view on, on board governance and, and board effectiveness matters, and just how we view the, the work of boards and, and the work that the collaboration that occurs in boardrooms is, is so important.
2: Uh, sure. I, uh, let me just build one, one thought on top of what Adam was saying. And I think uh, this leads into your question too, Josh, that I didn't green light anything as it relates to the, the podcast. And what I mean by that is we, I, I don't think we have much of a choice and, and that's a very positive thing. Uh, Cause Adam, to your point, you know, we, we asked uh, our customers and our audience told us, and hopefully we're listening and we're going to be able to deliver on that. So, you know, for us, this is meeting our audience where they are. I, I, I also think, you know, to your point of so much content and points of view are created in two dimensions. And, you know, that can come through, you know, uh, blog posts and white papers and deep dive research uh, initiatives and all that really continues to matter. But, what I think podcasts uniquely do, and we're going to throw our hat in the ring and see if we can participate as well as many of the others that are out there, is adds dimension and creates a bi-directional conversation and things that are that are kind of they're, they're meaty topics, right? And you know, to your question, Josh, why do we think this matters? Well, there is a philosophy which I happen to share, and it in part comes from our founder and CEO, uh, where he will often say in Purimshada, Will say that uh, you know boards do some of the most important work in the world. Period, and I don't believe that's hyperbole. And I think what he means, and what I believe that means, is that the work of boards and the organizations they represent, from the largest organizations to the smallest nonprofit to city and local governments, all the way up and around, they're tackling the biggest and uh, the heaviest and most important challenges and opportunities that we face, and the, Therefore, the work of governance is incredibly important and how you activate and how you enable governance is complicated and it's messy and it's nuanced and we often don't do it well. And when I say we, I'm talking about governance professionals, uh, which I would put myself at the lowest rung of. Nonetheless, we think something like a podcast and hopefully this one, we've got some great conversations that that we've already put in can and many more to come yet. Uh, are a great way to do exactly that, add some dimension to this and meet our customers where they are.
1: And Rob, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think so much of what happens in the boardroom or even outside the boardroom, but work towards that collaboration, it just centers around a, a conversation. One of the things that I found really remarkable when I joined um, three years ago, uh, joined on board as a, as a head of content three years ago, was that there was just this this deep thirst for for knowledge about you know boardroom best practices. You know how do you do board evaluations? How can I add board diversity to um, my board leadership? And like you said, there's this this entire spectrum of, of board led organizations, all the way up from you know global publicly traded uh, corporations down to a, your, your neighborhood uh, 501c. And on that spectrum, the majority of people I've only maybe had. Boardroom experience in, in one or two uh boards or uh board-led organizations, um, you know, excluding the the professional corporate uh directors. But there's so much knowledge that that is needed to to be in the boardroom and, and to have effective governance, yet so few people have practical experience with that. I was hoping maybe you could talk about that. You have high-level conversations with with executives and and those considering board management software or just board governance in general. Uh, about that, that thirst for knowledge, or that that just ambition to learn more.
2: Yeah, I, well, let me let me start by saying that, uh, and th- these might be some conservative estimates, um, and we could go and verify this. But I know it's at least at the, you know, it, th- this is likely minimum. There's something like just in the U.S. alone, four million organizations with boards of directors, right? Uh, and certainly the, the a vast or a significant portion of that is a function of smaller organizations, perhaps nonprofit organizations. But, you know, you're talking about mission-based organizations that identify and find people that believe in that mission and then ask them, you know, through their own time, effort, energy, and creativity to participate and help drive that mission and vision for that organization forward. Then you get into the actual you know the 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 actual governance itself, and to your point, so many people have deep and wide and useful experience and expertise around the mission and vision of the board, but may perhaps lack uh, some of the foundational both skills, knowledge, and understanding of what it takes to be a great uh, director on a board. Uh, myself, very much and certainly included, uh, and so. So much of what we do, and you know, onboard as a business, you know, we we hopefully make board meetings informed, effective, and less complicated. And we believe that technology can be an enabler uh, of the work that boards do. But the important part is if we can be a conduit to help and share both points of view, experiences, best practices, tips and tricks, and to kind of get the behind the green curtain look and view into what it takes to be an effective director, what it takes to run an effective board, uh, then we think we're doing our job for our 5,000 plus customers that we have globally. Uh, and also it helps make us smarter, right? As it relates to delivering on the, you know, the uh, vision and mission and promise that we've made to our customers. So, you know, I, I the, the other thing I would say, Josh, in, in part because Adam, you brought it up too, which was, you know, we had a, a fairly modest idea uh, year and a half or so ago with uh, this webinar series that we put together. And, and candidly, I think we were surprised by our own um, success in a way. Uh, but I think we're also quick to point out that the success is measured by number of people that were interested and participated and registered, had more to do with exactly what you're talking about, Josh, which is people have a thirst, right? You know, I'm sitting on a board of directors for a small nonprofit or I've been asked to participate you know, on a public or, yeah, or a for profit organization. And, you know, you, you got to go and figure out what the heck I'm doing. So we, we think this is a natural extension. And I, I think we can bring some of these voices, some very experienced and thoughtful voices to light in a way that's, like you said earlier, Adam, meet our, our, meet our audience where they are. And that that's through this new medium or new to us, at least.
1: And then, Adam, for you, and I'm, I'm glad we're, we're kind of centering or focusing on this this uh, idea of, of, of a conversation and what you can learn from a conversation. Adam, you and I have both uh, practiced journalism in, in lives past. Uh, what, do you, what do you gain when, when you're interviewing somebody? I, I, I have a point of view, obviously, but uh, how do you view the interview process? And, and what, what is kind of your mindset when you're interviewing a, a guest for the, the Inside the Boardroom podcast?
0: Yeah, well, well, it's different. You know, and my background is uh, newspaper journalism. And when you go back to when I was doing that, the deadlines were extremely tight. You had uh, you had a product you had to publish every day. So you had very minimal time to prepare. What's nice about this inside the boardroom format is we have much more time to prepare questions. We already have a familiarity in a lot of cases with our guests, uh, whether it be from uh, appearances on past webinars that we've done or through other means. So you have that, you have that nice background already. Um, and then you can build on that. And that's what I really have enjoyed about these inside the boardroom podcasts. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. One of our, uh, one of our future uh, guests, Matt Fulbrook, great guest. And, and I hope everybody uh, hangs around long enough to listen to that podcast. Cause I think it was a really good one. Preparing for him was pretty easy because, uh, you know, he had already been on the webinar with us. We were already familiar with him. We had written a, we'd written a blog uh, about that webinar. So we were just able to build on that. And I was able to ask him questions, you know, kind of follow up questions like, OK, you said this in the webinar. What did you mean by that? Or can you expand on that? So uh, I want to make very clear also that these podcasts are not going to be a rehash of webinars if if indeed we have the same guests that we had at a past webinar we're going to build on that we're we're also going to ask different questions we're going to talk about different topics than we did in the webinars you know we're going to talk about things in a way a little bit more conversationally and just a, a little bit more uh I don't want to say lower level but in a way that will interest folks who might not be on a board yet, but are interested in joining one someday, or for that matter, folks who are just interested in how boards work. Because I think that's a good, going to be a good chunk of our audience if it isn't already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's long winded and I don't know if that answered your question completely, Josh, but that, that's that's been kind of my mindset as I've approached these.
1: No, yeah, that, that definitely answered the question. And, and my point of view is just one of my greatest joys uh, just in my professional life has, has always been the interview based conversation or conversation that is uh, for the purpose of the interview, uh, just to, to be able in a, in a kind of a free um, flowing format to, to explore other people's points of view. Uh, understand the concepts that they hold near and dear, uh, get some value from their experience. And you, you mentioned Matt Fulbrook. Uh, he was a, uh, a researcher at the uh, Rotman School of Business at University of Toronto for more than 20 years on board effectiveness. And his point of view after those 20 years is that, you know, let's abandon some of these status quo ideas. Like there's no there's nobody saying that your your boardroom has to be uh, centered around a, a rectangular uh, maple or walnut temp table and that you have to have a board meeting just exactly as described in robert's rules of order um so great episode there especially with matt Fulbrook, just with his very kind of contrarian viewpoint uh but a number of other great episodes as well and topics and conversations on just a, a number of things that are really practical and, and immediate for uh, boards their directors their members or their, their executive leadership uh i mean we've had we've had a number of conversations with uh, um, uh, researchers and, and thought leaders on, on boardroom diversity. In our annual survey, uh, the Board Effectiveness Survey, we, every year we see that, that boards really struggle with uh, filling the ranks in a diverse way. And that might be professional diversity, that might be uh, diversity of uh, you know social or economic um, standards, uh, but that's something that boards struggle with. And there's some really practical ways that, that boards can address that. So we have a podcast episode uh, dedicated to that. Some other great folks include Donna Hamlin, who's an expert at board evaluations. She travels the world, you know, helping boards better evaluate their directors and their outcomes. So um, just like you said, uh, Adam, just some really practical, tangible advice from you know experts in governance who do this, you know, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. Rob, maybe we can widen the aperture a little bit and, and talk a little bit, maybe about some of the topics that we've um, talked about this year and then are certainly uh, recorded in some of these episodes. One of the biggest topics, and we have a number of episodes dedicated to this, is, is artificial intelligence. You know, we're recording this, you know, at the tail end of, of 2023, uh, about 12 months, uh, approximately, since uh, OpenAI. Uh, launched their, their publicly accessible beta version of, of um, Chat GPT. How have you seen topics or just um, trends like artificial intelligence influence the, the, the
2: conversations that are happening in the boardroom? Uh, it's a great question. A couple of thoughts there just on the AI front first. And I think this applies more broadly to what I hope and what I think we aim to achieve in part with, with the podcast. There are those topics that are evergreen, right? That affect the way in which boards operate. And I think that's, <clears throat> those are like 100 and 200 level courses and classes that we might explore and bring in experts. And that isn't to suggest those are unimportant by being 100 and 200 level classes. Then you have these 300 and 400 level classes or things that end up being kind of these these organic kind of study groups that happen outside the classroom, of which I think AI ends up being both. In other words, boards almost at every type of organization are being asked to confront, have an opinion as it relates to how in which they're going to govern the concept of AI inside the organizations that they're governing, right? So uh, we happen to be a you know, a growth stage, uh, cloud-based software company. Uh, And we, like almost every other organization on planet Earth, have to have a point of view and an opinion on how we're going to use artificial intelligence, not only in our platform and our technologies, but also uh, as it relates to running our business, you know, through the people management side, through the HR and financial and marketing tech, you know, side of things. So, I think AI is one of those really, really important topics for boards, not only in terms of how they're using it uh, or governing it relative to its use inside the organizations that they represent, but also, and this is where this intersection of perhaps onboard and technology comes in, what role can AI play inside the boardroom? Uh, and I think that is, that's a really interesting topic, and I think you can you can get way out there and and, you know outside your headlights but um AI is one of those that I would say is highly relevant you know um hyperbole aside I read something this morning that was talking about you know AI and we are literally in the opening innings of what will be the most you know impactful um technological advancement sense and then you know they go all the way back to like perhaps the printing press or what have you now If you go back a year ago, web three was going to be that and crypto might have been that. So I I don't know. So suspending some disbelief, but we need to have that conversation. So AI is going to be a big one. I think we can uh, bring some really interesting perspectives and I hope generate some conversation. You know, that's the other thing I just want to point out quickly that uh, I think is important with this series is that there is a bi directional conversation. And I hope that topics are surfaced not only through the conversations that we have, but also in other channels, because our customers and our audience are the best way to figure out what we should be talking about. Some of the other things they've talked to us about, and we've certainly heard cybersecurity, that's an evergreen thing. Uh, I think that will always and continue to be something that, that we talked about. Josh, you touched on it. Uh, board diversity, uh, DEI, um, ESG related matters. Um, That continues to be something that boards are continuing to get their arms and governance, uh, the governance of which get their arms around that. And then just, you know, some of the best practices. Look, at the end of the day, uh, board work is hard work Um, there. And while, you know, Robert's rules have been around for well over 100 years, um, there's a reason uh, it's had an enduring impact. Uh, because there are some rote things that we have to get better at. And we think some of those things are uh, worth talking about, even if they are down level. So uh, I don't think we'll have any shortage of topics that we could cover. We'll probably run out of time <laughs> and episodes to do them in. Absolutely. Uh,
1: mentioning AI and its impact, I, I think the, the last episode I recorded was with Tim Cap. He's an actual professor of AI and, and has a number of uh, AI-backed ventures uh, under his belt. His, his take on AI and its impact is that it's going to be more than electricity. So you think of like the, the transformative change that electricity <laughs> provided society or civilization. AI is, is going to be part of that. And like you said, this is the opening innings. Uh, but I do love the idea of, you know, applying that artificial intelligence. And, and there's not, no one right answer at the moment. Uh, but applying that for good and, and really leveraging the technology and other technologies yep. and innovation for, for better board work or just better collaboration in yep. general. Completely agree, wow. Adam. What was uh, what has been your favorite episode uh, or interview that you've recorded so far?
0: Well, I mentioned Matt Fulbrook earlier, and, and I think part of that is is selfish on my part, just because of the topic, uh, the disrupting the status quo. I, I I just love Matt's approach on that. Uh, he was very candid when we chatted uh, about you know why he arrived at the conclusions that he did, and you know I think Josh, you hinted at it earlier, was all of his years in board work, he saw, uh, what worked and, and, and he has an inquisitive mind, uh, which I love where, you know, he's, he's the type of person that's going to ask, why are we doing this thing? Why are we, why do we do things this way about even what might seem to be the most mundane thing, like the shape of the table, because that does come up in, in, in the podcast that, that we recorded with him. So Matt was, uh, in addition to being very personable i just love his outlook i think we need more of that not not just in the boardroom but in life and uh you know i i think there's more of a longing for that i think a lot of people stay silent in situations you know they they join a board and and, and they don't want to rock the boat they don't want to uh they they don't feel like they have the cachet yet to uh to ask why we do things a certain way or, or, or to disrupt things as, as, as Matt has discussed. So yeah, that, that was a easy, easy answer for me that that was, that was the best one.
1: Yeah. And, and, and to plug or promote Matt Fulbrook, he has some great series of uh, one minute governance podcasts where he, he discusses yes. a lot of those things. I, th- I think the last one I listened to was, be careful how much cologne you wear in the boardroom because that might upset somebody <laughs> and disrupt their collaboration or their effectiveness in the boardroom. So yeah, he, he covers a wide range of topics.
0: Yeah, he doesn't forget. He, he leaves no stone unturned when it comes to, to that kind of stuff. He thinks of everything. And uh, it, it, it's hard to say that any of it's irrelevant. I mean, we, we, something as simple as cologne. Well, that, that might offend or annoy someone. You never know.
2: <laughs> That's great. Did he really get into the cologne thing? It was, you know, it's a one minute podcast
1: episode so yeah he he talks about it but I, I can definitely see that it's kind of like the um you know the great AC debate in the office is you know is is one setting comfortable for some
0: person and, and not comfortable for everybody else yeah but yeah I, I thought about that in our podcast but uh the 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 topics that he came up with you know nothing should surprise you we'll just put it that's there. great yeah no, and like
1: Adam said he leaves no stone unturned. Rob, I, I'm curious to your take on this because Adam kind of uh, uh, hinted at this a little bit, but and you, you as well, that uh, boardrooms and board governance um, rely on tradition. That tradition is is largely effective, and you know, holding those traditions or those norms in place makes a lot of sense because the boards. One of the board's first job is succession and continuity, and in our effectiveness surveys, we we found that year over year that boards rate them most. Def- Rate themselves most effective at board continuity—that is, passing the the baton or the torch to the next um, set of leadership. But in, in you know 2003 and 2011, when when Parenchata co-founded this company, one of the things that he saw very quickly was that there was this this great opportunity for for new ideas and new innovation in board governance, uh, and that kind of became the the company's mission. I, it was. I don't know if you can encapsulate that in a, in a short answer, but just
2: the, our point of view there is, in terms of, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, I mean, I, I would start by saying that uh, when when we as a, a, an onboard team, when we get together, and particularly when, particularly when we're talking about our platform um, and the way in which we're enabling governance related work. we we often imagine ourselves far into the future. And so while it's shocking to me that 2030 is only, you know, four, sorry, six years away, it does feel like a lifetime away. And there's, there's one thought that says that the work of boards is going to look a whole lot different in 2030 than it does today, um, the output or the result of that may still be the same as it relates to strong and good governance. So I think that's there's some permanency there, but the way in which they achieve that we believe uh, is likely to shift uh, in dramatically new directions. You know, we we would um, we we've commented before. I've made this comment before, including in blogs and other places that. Surprisingly, especially me as an outsider and before, you know, I wasn't uh, in governance, per se, prior to coming on board three and a half years ago. But I was surprised to see in some ways that technology uh, or the boardroom has been relatively immune to technology advancements. Uh, It's a laggard as it relates to adopting and leaning into and leveraging. And I think there's myriad reasons why that may be. Uh, But I do think that that is changing. Uh, and that there is a, a copacetic or symbiotic balance that we can create. So whatever reticence might have been there previously, I think some of that is uh, some of that is changing, certainly as the composition of boards change, right? So when you have more native, digital natives kind of coming into the boardrooms, they come with the technology that in many cases they've literally been born with. But beyond that, I think we're seeing um, this going from Technology simply being as an artifact to, or not an artifact, but a, a technology to create permanence around decisions made and let's create our, our minutes and let's create our calendar going forward to be actually an enabler of thought and discussion, which is ultimately what boards are really intending to do and should be doing. So um, the short answer is uh, a whole lot of change is coming. We're just thrilled to be a part of the conversation. Uh, and I wouldn't begin to predict, but I think this would be a great channel or vehicle to discuss predictions going forward. But I, I feel very confident in saying the boardroom will look far different in 2030 than it does today. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, Rob, with that, thank you for joining us, um, audience members. We, we hope you enjoy the, the the content we've created with through the conversations we've had with board governance experts and thought leaders in the space. There's a number of episodes uh, following this one, and they're all great in our opinion. We hope that you can uh, binge on them in your car, or uh, in the gym, or while you're doing yard work, and learn a little bit more about inside the boardroom from um, some great,
0: uh, experienced leaders. Adam, any any closing thoughts from you? It was just great to great to have you and Rob and to chat about uh, what this what we hope this podcast will become. I'm really really excited about it. And, and hope that, uh, hope that our listeners are too. Great. Well, with that, we welcome you to inside the boardroom
1: and we hope you have a great experience. If you want to reach out, you can find us at onboardmeetings.com slash inside the boardroom. Uh, you can apply to be a guest or just share some sh- uh, notes or comments or feedback with you with us. Uh, we welcome that from you always. So thank you. And, and thank you for listening.